Our scripture reading today is taken from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. And our message today is entitled, Vine of the Branches, Answered Prayers and Joy. This is the Lord's word. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you may bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. Good morning, everyone. Uh, first of all, just welcome to the many visitors who are here. Um, today, the first Sunday of each month, we have our communion slash hymnal service. So we don't have a band today, but we get our hymn books out and we sing the hymns of old. Hymns of our forefathers and foremothers sang about the faithfulness of God and what he has done. And if the lyrics are, if the song itself is a little bit more, if it's difficult for you to sing, it's okay. Just read along with the lyrics and see what these lyrics say about who God is and what he has done. But all of you are welcome to worship with us and to continue to grow with us 
as we seek to serve our God. Today is the last of a series of sermons on John 15, verse 1 through 17. We talked about this wonderful parable where Jesus tells his disciples, I am the vine, my father is the vine dresser, and you are the branches. And this parable is one about how Jesus himself has chosen you out of darkness and brought you into light. Or using this analogy, he's, he's taken you from the vine that bears nothing but bad fruit to a vine in Jesus that bears faith, hope. A vine that bears repentance and forgiveness and joy. A vine that is completely separate from that of the world, that is so distinct that any person who, who looks at it can see black and white, can see light and darkness, can see the contrast so great that all peoples can see that those who abide in Christ are not the same people as those who do not. And this passage is sort of a warning, but also an encouragement for us as Christians. It's a warning because God wants us to examine our own lives always. Remember, he's talking to his apostles and his disciples, people who've been with him. And you might think they might be taken aback by saying, what do you mean, Jesus, that... that you're questioning whether I know you or not. And if Jesus can say that to his apostles and to his disciples, well, he says that to us as a church as well. That our duty before him as we have been called out of this world is to continue to bear fruit. And this fruit must be in agreement with what it means to be a Christian, what it means that Jesus has loved us and saved us. Too often we as Christians, we don't focus on are we bearing the fruit of love that God commands us. And we measure our faith by the blessings that we receive and the feelings that we feel. But we know through Scripture that Jesus blesses all peoples when Jesus is people, well, sorry, when Jesus' people gather together, that the blessings of the Holy Spirit come on his people, but not only on his people, but those that are around them will be blessed as well. And sometimes we as people, we, we want the feelings of blessing, the feelings of being, we want the spiritual experiences of being a Christian without having to, without knowing Jesus. And Jesus wants us to know that even though I am the giver of every good and perfect gift, the most important thing for you is to look at your life and to ask the questions, am I bearing fruit? 
Do I see my sins for what they are? An affront to God himself, not an affront to myself or to the people, but to God himself. And do tears flow from my eyes, as the psalmist likes to say, when his law is not obeyed? And do we run to the Lord for forgiveness? And then empowered by him, do we run to the world around us and to love people? In this passage in particular, the, the fruit that he, he talks about is the, the church loving one another. We as God's people have been born into a new family. We are no longer these individuals who sort of just come and do our own thing, but we have been engrafted in Christ and brought into this local church in order to expose all that we are, that we receive grace from each other and grace from God. My question for you is, is, is simple in that respect from, from last week's sermon. If people were to see you gather together and, and have coffee, gather together at a, I don't know, an airport and you're, you're talking, you're speaking, and not that you talk about like spiritual things all the time, but would people look at your relationship and say, this relationship is, is different from what the world teaches? They talk about Jesus. They cry together. They encourage one another. When they're at an airport and they see, a, see someone who's, who's homeless and without food, they don't walk by. They give what they can. They minister to him. Pray with him. They give to him. And it's that sort of love that engenders in the church that when people come, they're either attracted by Jesus or repelled by him. For we do all these things not in the name of humanity, but in the name of Christ. And we hope and pray that people, by seeing our love for one another, sees the embodiment of Jesus and is drawn to him. Not us, but to him. The blessings that we receive, though, in this passage are tremendous. And the blessings that he wants to give us is in accordance of our obedience and our walk with him. For as we walk with him, God promises us many wonderful things. But the first thing that you and I need to do as Christians is to follow God's word and to obey that spirit in your heart and say yes.
say yes. You know, being here in Atlanta for around 11 years, 12 years, 12 years, um, I, I've been blessed to see many people come through, uh, through the ministry that I've been a part of. Hundreds and hundreds of people. And often I see people who will continue to come to church and you, you, unmistakable the spirit lives in them. And unmistakable by God's grace when, when things happen in church that are not going well, they have the wherewithal to see with God's eyes the brokenness of the church and yet God's presence, overwhelming presence in the church and keep walking. I've seen that. I've seen other people who when they see something happen in church that's, that disappoints them. That they just say, last straw, I'm gone, I'm out of here. And then there are some of you here who my heart really goes out to, who've been broken by churches in the past and yet you show up here for some reason. And you're still trying to figure out what does God want? I say to you this, I'm encouraged that you're here. I'm encouraged that you're listening to the Spirit. I'm encouraged that you know how important the body of Christ is. And in God's timing, but perhaps the God's timing is just right now, I plead with you. Love, take another chance, and love this body. For many of us, we don't want to remain in Jesus because a disappointment to us outweighs the grace that can be given to us. But let me encourage you by saying this. Stop looking at the disappointments. They'll always be there in the body of Christ. And start looking at the magnificent fruits and joys that you will receive in the midst of all of that if you follow him. Don't be as those overachieving Asian people who get disappointed because you get a 99.5 and you look at that 0.5 and you look at, my life is miserable. Look at what you have achieved. But it's a bad analogy. Look, it's a really bad. Instead, look at what God has given you. And even though this world is disappointing, look at God's grace. And so what I want to talk about here briefly is I want to talk about the two main things that Scripture tells us that God gives us if we remain in Him and abide in Him. And I hope that you take this to heart. 
The first is this. Jesus will answer all your prayers if you abide in him. I want you to think about that. Jesus will answer all your prayers if you abide in him. This is wonderful. And for some of us, we, we might go crazy with this, thinking, does that mean I can ask anything? <laughs> I mean, really, anything? <laughs> it's like sending a kid into a candy shop. Can I really have anything and everything? And the answer, of course, is yes and no. Okay? We cannot presume on God that he will give us every providential blessing um, that is available. It doesn't mean that he will give us the riches of, of, of monetary wealth. doesn't mean that he'll give us the, the best marriage, the healthiest and brightest children. It doesn't mean that we'll, we'll have no, you know, no, no health issues or health problems. It doesn't mean that you'll all be able to dunk a basketball one day or you'll all be able to sing really well one day. Those providential blessings God has spread throughout all of creation. But God says, ask whatever you wish in the context of being called sons and daughters of God. Right? He says, I no longer call you my servants because my servants don't know what they're doing, but I call you my friends, or I call you my, my sons and my daughters, I call you my children. For I have told you everything that the, the Father has told me. Now let me ask you this question. Just on a human perspective. Don't, don't answer this, but I, I'll, I'll see it in your eyes anyway. Um, how much do you love your parents? <laughs> I, saw already, I saw everyone's face already. How much do you love your parents? As a human being, how much do you love your parents? How much do you understand your parents? What they've went through, who they are. How much do you understand how much they love you? Despite all the troubles and, and, and issues that all of us have as, as, as mere mortals, right? And on those best days when you know your parents love you, and on those best days when you know that you love your parents, what pops up in your mind? Mom, Dad, I love you so much. I know how much you love me. Can I have a BMW? I doubt it. It's a thought in your mind, oh, Mom, Dad, you love me so, I love you so much. Um, hey, can I have my inheritance now and go spend it? But if God's words abide in you, if God's presence abides in you, if God's heart for you and his heart for this world and his heart for how he wants this world to one day um, extol him forever and ever is part of you. 
and on your very best days when you know God's presence and you know God's love for you. I guarantee you, you do not ask God, God, I need more money. You don't ask God, God, I need better health. You don't ask God, God, I need the, the providential blessings that this brother of mine has or this person who does not even know you have. On your, those best days, when God says, ask whatever you wish, you will ask for what a child of God who knows God's plans asks for. You will ask for his kingdom to come, his will be done in your life. You'll be the one who is praying, interceding constantly for people around you. And you'll grow, you'll continue to grow weeping for things that you've never wept before. We know in our country right now, this, this whole issue of racism, is, it's really hot. And we see anger and frustration everywhere. And for us who know Jesus, we're angry too. We reach across the aisle and we go to our brothers and sisters who are not like us and we bless them and let them bless us. We go knowing that our context is different from their context and yet they're both beautiful and Jesus has come. We pray for and desire the things that God wants to give to us. God's amazing. I mean, if, if you looked at this from a human perspective, you would say, God, you duped us. You duped us into asking for things that you want us to ask for. You duped us into asking for things that you want to give us. We were like, what's that? It's like you're, you know, you go to your parents and go, Mom, Dad, I really want to learn violin. And then we go, sure it is. <laughs> gotcha. Mom, Dad, I really want to study really hard. Can you say, there you go, gotcha. But what if, not if, the truth is, is that what God wants you to want is the best thing for you. And is it not? And when we ask for what God actually wants to give us, that's when we know that God will answer all those prayers in the affirmative. And God will give us whatever we ask in those confines. Brothers and sisters, look into your hearts. What do you really want? What do you really want? What do you really want asked God for? Somebody, God help me. I don't want to be angry anymore. 
tired of being angry. Tired of sinning against you. Help me. God likes that prayer. He'll answer that. God, teach me to repent. I can't repent. I haven't repented in a long time. God will answer in the affirmative with that. God, give me courage to stand up for this friend of mine or this stranger. I don't know him. But he needs to be shown love and I'm scared. God is honored by that prayer. God, help our church and the churches all around this world to recognize you as Savior, truly, and to grow. May each church love one another. May each church be a beacon in their own community. Will God answer no to that? God will answer yes, 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 yes. Yes. And it's when our hearts are filled with what God has in his mind that we pray those back to him. We know that God will answer all those prayers. So let me ask you again. What do you really want? If you say, God, I want good health. God, I, help me with my exams. God, help me with this. I, will get, I, can't, I cannot guarantee you that he will answer yes. I cannot. I can't guarantee you that. If you say to me, Pastor, could you please pray that my, my friend doesn't, uh, um, doesn't die of his sickness? I can pray for that. I can't guarantee you anything. But I say, let me pray for you that you go, you tell your friend about the love of Jesus. Pray that God's name would be glorified in the midst of his sickness. Pray that he himself will grow in his understanding of who God is. Will not God hear those prayers? We get disappointed by God not answering our prayers and we stop praying to him because he does not answer in the affirmative with the things that we want that are peripheral to him. That are a sign of his, again, common grace and his providential grace to each individual. And we disdain the prayers that we know that he'll answer because we start to look at the spiritual blessings as something that's common and we start treating them with contempt. But I want you to renew your hearts to ask for the things that God wants and be prepared to get the answer and the affirmative from our God. Secondly, 
I love this verse in verse 11. Um, listen to what Jesus says. He, he says, you know, I'm speaking all these words about abiding in me, and I am the vine, and you are the branches. Uh, these things I have spoken to you, that two things, right? That my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. That my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. You guys get, ever get jealous of children when they're just running around having fun? You go, it's not a care in the world. Just running around, laughing, you know, just getting wet and getting dirty, eating candy, and they're just smiling. And you, you look at them and you go, woe is me. I wish I was a child again. You know, maybe you, you, you uh, in high school read uh, Catcher in the Rye, right, with Colin Hawfield, a quintessential book about a teenage angst, basically, right? It's, it's like, man, being a teenager growing up, it's really, it's, it's all, it's too much worries in this world. Look at those children. I, I want to save those children. Save their innocence, the pure joy that they have. You know, some of you, as new college students right now, you guys are excited as freshmen. And you will work really hard as freshmen. But most of you, your GPA will go down year by year by year. It's just, just what happens. It's just what happens. It happens to all of us. It's very rare that it goes the other way, okay? If she does, you're, you're very special. Um, but in the beginning, there's a freshness. But by the time you're seniors, you look at the freshmen, you're like... Oh, you poor things. We're so happy being here right now, but just wait. But the thing is this, what? There are times, you know, as a 46-year-old man, I look at my children, I look at, I look at young kids, I go, not only do they, they, I mean, they exasperate me too, right? But it's like, I wish could have that joy again. That simple joy. That joy that I see, I just wish I, I could have that again. Pure, unadulterated, simple things of life. And Jesus saying to us, is like, listen, Jesus' joy that he has, he wants to place it in you, literally. It's greater than the joy of a little child. The, the joy that Jesus has in, in connecting with you as, as the vine, you as the branches. Jesus' joy in pruning you and watching you grow. Jesus' joy in not calling you servants, but calling you friends. Jesus' joy in, in looking at you. And the beam on his face. He wants you to understand that. And he wants you to know that that's in you. His joy in you. Don't worry about approval from your parents. Or approval from, from classmates. Or approval. Don't worry about their look at you. Jesus' joy in knowing you and forgiving you, and walking with you. It's in you. 
And our duty is to open our eyes to it and see it. You've gone through this. I know you've all had because you've all been through your teenage years. You don't care what your mom or dad think of you in your teenage years. <laughs> you care what your friends think of you. You don't. I didn't care what my parents think. My, my mom might say, oh, you're such a handsome boy. What was that mean? Mom, you're my mom. Right? Your parents say to you, oh, you're, you're, you're really smart. What's that? You're my mom. I need approval from my, 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 my peers. And that's how we treat God sometimes, right? God says, listen, you're beautiful. Listen, I've saved you. Listen, you're my child. Listen, I'm going to be always with you. And you go, but you're, you're God. You're always there. I need something else. And God says to us, everyone else will fail you. Everywhere else you put your joy, it won't be found. My joy in you fill you with joy itself. And lastly, it says, may your joy, I'm going to get this verse right, and that, your, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. How are you guys doing? You joyful? Don't fake that smile. I don't do that now. I, I, I know. <laughs> don't fake that smile on me now. But are you joyful in the midst of all the despair and all of the horror of this world? All of the disappointments in this world? I had a friend of mine who I really just enjoyed being around him. Uh, his good brother in Christ. And oftentimes we would talk and, and I would get into my sort of my ruts where I'd be, I'll, I'll be complaining about things. It's like, oh, why can't, why can't, why can't, I can't believe. You know, you, you start with, with things like that. And he would just smile at me. I'd be like, why? It's like, well, don't you agree with me? And he, he would look at me and he would say, you know, all those things are valid. And he would say to me this, he'd say, all those things are valid. But you know what's a lot worse than you think. <laughs> I go for that. That makes me feel better. You know, some of you might be thinking right now about the whole race issue, and you you might be very disappointed in that. You know, and you know I am too. And and someone's saying to you, guess what? The race issue is a lot worse than you think it is. I'm like, great. <laughs> Where's our hope? And he says to me, you can't let and allow the brokenness of the world dictate your mood and who you are. But you must allow the finished work of Christ and his love for you to dictate who you are. And it is with that that we move with strength into racial issues, into issues of justice, into issues of evangelism. I do with joy. And as a body of Christ together. My charge to you in that regards is this. Stop looking at all the brokenness, sinfulness, 
and the destruction of the people around you, the world around you. And start seeing God's common grace and start seeing how you, as an individual, can move in love and joy into that situation. I know if I say this one name, it will elicit a lot of reactions, so I'm going to say it. Donald Trump. Can't believe it's on, it's on record now. It's being recorded. And that will elicit a lot of strong re reactions from you, from every single person here. Does that name take away your joy in Jesus? Or instead, you look at that situation and say, I will do my best as a citizen of God, a citizen of this country, to not allow hatred, bigotry, not allow sort of slander on both sides, fill my heart. I refuse to be a citizen of God, a citizen of the country who reacts out of hatred, bitterness, and anger. But I will allow the joy of Jesus and knowing that he is king over all things. That whoever is president of this nation is only present because God allows him to. That whoever is president of this nation is by God's grace. And whatever is happening in this country, that God himself is sovereign. And that joy of knowing that my God is sovereign, I will go out. and be a part of this world to bring the good news that Jesus is the answer. So don't be like me when I had my bad days. I have a lot of bad days. Be like my friend. And allow the joy of Christ to overwhelm you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time and we ask of you, Lord God, as your people, to help us, Lord, to um, abide in you. Lord, it's a hard thing to do. And a lot of that is because the things that we pray for are for the things of this world. And so if we abide in you, well, those aren't the things that you want to give us necessarily. And we realize, Lord, very quickly how, how desperate we become. But, Lord, you're gracious and you are the one who calls us back to you. And shows us, Lord, that if we struggle to abide in you, and that you, you will answer us by changing our hearts. You will answer us by helping us to pray for things that you want to give us. And that you will answer us by giving us joy that is full. So I pray for all my brothers and sisters here. change their hearts to ask from you what you so dearly want to give to them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.